welcome back to another episode of Is Fitz Happy. I'm Luke. And I'm Emma. And this week we're discussing chapter 27, Kingdom's Foundation. And as it states, it's this chapter is pretty much all from, I think, Vivacia's point of view. No, Vivacia, Kennet, and Wintrow. Okay, it's all on Vivacia. That's yes. what I was mixing up. Um, but it's specifically about the foundation that Kennet is enacting in the Pirate Isles and how he is so loved by everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. So it starts with Vivacia here saying she felt satiated and pleased with herself even though her cargo had little to do with her own efforts. Kenneth's wits had earned this trove. No, his wisdom, she corrected herself. Any mi minor pirate might make his living by his wits. Kenneth was beyond that. He was a man of both destiny and vision. She was proud to be his ship. So they are coming back. They are full of cargo from pirating and overtaking slavers and all that sort of stuff that we kind of talked about with their last part of chapter. But it's not just their cargo. It's also from they're going town to town with mm -hmm. Kenneth's like different ships and taking the car their share of the cargo from those ships. Yeah. So she explains that the last stint of this journey, because the last time we talked about them, I believe... It was mentioned that they're pretty much full up on capacity and they have to start heading home. So they've been uh, going from Divi Town where the slaves disembarked and then there were meetings to like different towns and stops all along where they have already stopped and Kenneth has already disembarked previous former slaves and he has collected his taxes mm -hmm. from the uh, the ships that he gave over to them. Yeah. Also, it's very notable that Vivacia has fully bought into Kennet yes. and has been fully wooed and kind of doesn't care about Wintrow at all anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, doesn't care about him until he goes ashore with Kennet. At this, <laughs> this says, at every port of call, Kennet and Sorcor had gone ashore. Sometimes Etta and Wintrow had gone with them. Vivacia liked it when Wintrow accompanied Kennet. When he came back to her and told her his of his experiences, it was almost as if she had been there herself. So she likes him because he tells her things about what Kenneth's up to when she's <laughs> they're not together. Well, I don't think it's just that. I think I know, they're I mean, yeah, but I mean it's the link as well. I think mm. that's more like she literally basically is there because yeah. she gets to feed off the memory yeah. and their okay. connection. So She says it was very different from the days where she dreaded being parted from Wintrow for even a few hours. She supposed her self sense of self had become more solid now that she had been quickened longer. Or perhaps her need to know every detail of Kenneth's life had become more pressing than her need for Wintrow's company. So it's an interesting kind of insight that we really haven't talked about lately mm -hmm. for Vivesha. Uh, everyone in Bingtown always states, you know, the first voyage especially is very, very precarious for newly awakened live ships. Right. They are basically just born and need somebody who is steady as their partner with them. And of course, Vivacia has been very rocky in that sense. Right. And now she seems to be self-aware that she doesn't rely so much on that bond as she did when she was first awakened so what do you think is she 
maturing in her sense of self or is it just a new obsession or that's distracting her or what? So I, I personally think it's solidifying her sense of self more so than the other one. Of course, she is obsessed with the details of Kenneth's life. Right. But. I don't know. I think it's it's my feelings on it are really complicated, so it's hard to put into words how I feel about it, because on the one hand, I think in the context of what a live ship is supposed to be, it's bad that this is happening because there she's kind of not breaking, but almost breaking the bond with her family. And that's not great. Yeah. However, as someone who wants the live ships to have autonomy and not be slaves, um, I think it's good that they have the separation because I think it is giving her independence and also knowing that she has the dragon memories buried underneath her. I think it it is helping get away from the human side of things by not having that bloodline tying mm. her to being a human. So I like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I, um, I'd go so far as to say that she's severing that connection in terms of this conversation. Right. You know, I'm just talking about her, uh, decreasing need for that bond to be as close as possible because we know that, um, other captains can leave their live ships and stuff, and there's not a need for them to be on board all the time. So, yes, there is. I like. I noticed that she is kind of, you know, severing that bond with Wintrow or putting space between them a bit. But in terms of this conversation itself, I don't think that's the. I mean, I think she's point. walking the path. I should say. I don't. Okay. This isn't the straw breaking the camel's oh, back. Yeah, this I is know. just one of <laughs> but i do think it's really hard to tell how much other live ships need somebody on board because we don't really get any other perspectives besides vivacia and then paragon and obviously both are unique cases they're not the norm so i would love to know how ophelia feels whenever her family isn't on board because i think it's pretty regular to have a family member even when you're docked be on the ship after like you can go a few days obviously yeah but like i don't know i get the vibe that like the son stays on the ship if he doesn't have a family sort of deal like somebody's on the ship mm. pretty regularly or at least visiting the ship i don't think and i don't think like ophelia for example doesn't care what the taneras are doing when they're away the way that vivacia doesn't care about wintro so do you th so you think personally that it's her need to know every detail of kenneth's life then basically like her distancing from her family and her more of her obsession with that rather than settling into herself with yeah. that bond okay i mean like it's probably a little bit of both but yeah i think it's less i don't i just don't think it's healthy whatever it is doesn't <laughs> feel good so i don't know yeah, I mean, as readers going through this and seeing Vivacia change, it doesn't feel that good because you can see her pushing away from Wintro now that he's reaching out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's <laughs> the opposite of the situation beforehand. Right. Well, it's hard, too, because Wintro is also young 
And so you want to be like, Vivacia, why can't you just forgive him? Like, he didn't know any better. He was forced into this horrible situation. But then it's like, well, she was literally just born. So, like, she's also mm-hmm. young and forced and into a situation. She's and, reaching after somebody who we know is awful. Yeah. And I think that's I that's the hardest part for me personally as a reader is that Kenneth is a bad person. And Vivacia kind of knows that and has acknowledged it in the past that there are parts of him that are bad. However, she refuses to believe that's really him and really something to worry about. Instead, she just overlooks those aspects because that doesn't fit with the flattery that she gets. And she likes getting the flattery from him. And same as Etta. Yeah. Which like fair enough. It just, it's really frustrating to read her excuse his bad behavior and be like, Actually, maybe murder is fine. I don't care. Like, ugh, I don't know. She's being a rebellious teenager. You are mine, he had told her jealously. All your mystery and beauty I reserve to myself, my sea lady. It pleases me that they look at you with awe and wonder. Let us keep that mystique intact. I would rather they envied and admired you from afar than that they came aboard and vainly tried to win you from me by charm or bloodshed. You are my castle and my stronghold, Vivacia. I will allow no strangers aboard you. She could recall not just his words, but his every inflection. They had soaked into her like honey into bread. She smiled to herself, recognizing her symptoms. He had courted her and won her. She no longer even attempted to sift his words for inaccuracies or tried to probe his heart for truth. It no longer mattered. He did not seek out and number her faults. Why should she inventory his? So that's just kind of how deep she has fallen into his grasp and how deeply he has won. Which, like, also, what do you mean you don't worry about it being the truth anymore because he doesn't look for my faults? Like, there's a big difference between having a disagreement about things and lying to your face and the fact that she's like, who cares? I like it no matter what it is. I don't know. Hate that, but it's a choice. (laughs) She's looking out and describing the place that they are docked at right now, Askew. And she's describing a rundown town with signs of recent prosperity with some new buildings and things like that and overall she kind of describes it as a place that could be somewhere soon yeah it's really funny she basically rags on the town being like it's rickety and old and clearly they're trying to fix it up but it doesn't look good but i guess it could it has the looks of some somewhere that's going to be something Yeah, because there are good intentions, there's new paint, there's some new buildings, there's obviously some influx of cash and skill going into fixing up this rundown place. Right. But it is funny to like, it kind of has a negative vibe of like, (laughs) oh, it's gross and old and rickety, but it will be something one day. I don't know. It's just funny to me. She is looking out and sees a party of people coming back with Kenneth amongst them. And he is in the lead wishing his uh, with his well-wishers flanking him or trailing behind him as their local local status dictated. Sorker was there beside him, Etta, and Wintrow was at uh, Etta's side. So Kenneth bids farewell and 
Uh, eventually, as he and his party clambered down the ladder and into her gig that was moored there, the townsfolk on the dock called farewells like it was at every other town that they had just visited. Right. She's proud of her captain. Everybody loves Kenneth. Yeah. So she watches the boat approach and Kenneth gets on and more. Uh, he looked every bit the prosperous pirate. More, he sat in the bow of the boat as regally as any king. They treat him as such already, Wintrow had confided to her the last time he had told her of such a visit. And he explains that they not just share part of the profit as their agreement before mm-hmm. with pirating, but they it's like they acknowledge his right to claim um, to govern them in general. Right. They bring him grievances and he's pass, he passes judgment on them. He has drawn plans for the defense of towns and dictates what they must build and what must be torn down. He is a judicious man. I am not surprised they have waited for his decisions. Wintrow snorted. Judicious? Only in how it furthers his own popularity. I have stood behind him and listened to their grievances as they presented them. He listens, frowns, and asks questions. But in each case, he decides decides with the popular sentiment even when it is clearly not just. He does not judge Vivatia, he merely validates their opinions and makes them feel justified in them. When he was dispensed, uh, when he has dispensed that justice, he strolls through the town looking at this and that. You need a well for better water, he will tell them, or tear down that building before it burns down and takes the rest of the town with it. Repair your dock. That widow needs a new roof on her cottage. See that she gets it. In addition, he scatters coin to pay for what he suggests, as if it were largesse rather than returning what they gave him. He enraptures them. They adore him. Why shouldn't they? It sounds as if he does great good for them. He does, Wintrow had admitted uncomfortably. He does. He gives them money to be kind to the poor and the old amongst them. He makes them lift up their heads and see what they could be. In the last town, he commanded that they create a place for their children to gather and learn. There was one man in town who could read and cipher well, and Kenneth left enough money to pay him handsomely to teach their children. I still do not grasp why you find that so reprehensible. It is not what he does. What he does is fine, even noble. It is his motive for doing it that I suspect. Vivatia, he wants to be king, so he makes them feel good with the money they parcel out to him. He buys what they should have bought for themselves, not because it is the right thing to do, but because it makes them think well of him and feel good about themselves. They will connect that feeling of pride with his coming. And Vivacious still is defending him. Like, I see no reason why that shouldn't be so. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. they're treating him as a king, so why don't you ever consider that they just want a king? Yeah, it's, I don't know. I feel like this chapter has been the most annoying to read of Vivacious' point of view, specifically. Mm-hmm. Just because it's so obtuse. I don't know. She just, like, so purposefully is covering her ears and closing her eyes against anything that doesn't fit her perfect image of Kennet, the perfect king pirate. Yeah. it, it That conversation ends with the only... Not 100% for comment that Vivacia makes because Wintrow asks her specifically, 
when Vivacia says, do you ever consider that perhaps he wants to be king of the Pirate Isles just so he can do such things like the good? Wintrow demands, does he? And she says to him, she owed the truth still. I don't know, but I hope that he does. The results are the same in any case. Wintrow admits for now that they are, but I don't know what the results will be in the long run. So even to Wintrow, yes, she's like, oh, still, I owe him the truth, I guess. But she can only admit that, I don't know, his motives may be bad, but the results are good either way. So it doesn't matter. Who cares about the motives, really? I mean, it sounds good and shuts you up if I'm right, but I guess I'll be honest. I don't know. I'm not looking into it because if I did, I would be. Yeah, there's red flags. But I mean, Wintrow is right here, right? They're both right. Wintrow is right in that, yeah, these towns give him money and then he gives that money back and tells them what to do with it. Right. Which that's just government. It's taxes, right? Like it's just taxing. But it's without a couple of the middlemen <laughs> and the established yeah. things. And he, he's right in that case that it's just kind of weird. And he's just doing it to be popular. And somehow he found his way into this position. Mm-hmm. But also it's true on Vivacious part that what he is doing is good. They are looking up to someone and he can direct them to better their town. Yeah. Even though they could probably do it themselves, they are looking for something. Mm-hmm. And looking for some direction. And Kenneth seems to be providing it. Yeah. I think I think it's so interesting seeing this because it makes me think of Regal, right? Like this is probably what it seemed like for Regal supporters. That he's so good, he does everything yeah. so amazingly, and he listens and whatever. And just it, a popularity thing. It's just popularity. It's just having charisma. It's just knowing what to say when and that's a really big skill it's hard to do not everybody can do it it's really hard to be a personable person Mm -hmm. not just one-on-one but also to a large group and to be able to wield authority and so i think as much as we know Kenneth is coming at this from a not so good place i mean he's got skill (laughs) <laughs> right yeah and we I, th- I don't think we ever doubted that either he's yeah, charismatic he's, and he has good plans for the future mm-hmm. sketching defenses and, for places and even though he is kind of the worst person internally right. yeah he does actually want the betterment of the pirate isles yeah like he, he does he truly believes in making them a more civilized i guess mm-hmm. town but in doing so, he wants to lift up the people who are poor. Like, he doesn't care about helping those people. He wants it to look nice to people coming by. For his image, for right? For his image. But does that matter if the end yeah. goal is that people are educated and have nice towns and look up to something and have hope for the future? You know, like, it's such a weird conundrum of, like, I'm with Wintrow in this of like, well, sure, it's not bad what he's doing, but like, I don't like that he's doing it in the way that he is. (laughs) It's just so sketchy what he's doing. (laughs) The underlying part is not good, but like the end result is good, I guess. (laughs) So I guess, I don't know. Yeah. And and Vivacia is just kind of mulling over his words, thinking about it and just decides that he's too suspicious. Wintrow's too suspicious. 
Some small, spirited part of him could not accept Kenneth as a force for good. That was all. This makes me so angry that she decides, well, he's just small-spirited, whatever. Girl, no, I can't. (laughs) It's so annoying. And I also wrote down as a note, I feel like even though Vivacia has like three generations worth of memories, Mm -hmm. Wintrow still has pretty recent and um upfront knowledge of who jerks are and like yeah people who are not acting out of good intentions and so i kind of feel like she should take a lesson from him because he's related to him like (laughs) i think he just has a little bit more experience in the world in that that like right yeah you can't just trust everybody and that's also i think about Two, she has three generations of knowledge to call on and doesn't. And that's weird to me in a in a way. But I guess why would she? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's the kind of the same thing like that. Right. Because. Again, we don't really ever see any other point of views besides her and Paragon. Mm-hmm. But Paragon doesn't call on that skill either. Like it's never talked about. Yeah. So I think it like makes up a part of them and they really could if they reached for it and had that connection like Althea did, you know, but I don't know if any of them ever actually bring up that knowledge. I feel like Ophelia has made a comment about or maybe more than one about, well, back in your grandmother's day, they did it this way or just like general comments of like, but she was awakened Mm, good point back in her grandmother's day okay good point fair fair so that's that's what i mean like i don't know how often they call upon the first three generation memories Mm. because it's not really talked about at all they have them obviously right but i don't know i do think vivacia has made a comment about a memory of efren yeah I, i think she they have like vague recollection recollections and stuff but they don't seem to like take life you, lessons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They don't seem to take that as like their personalities or anything really. Right, right. I don't know. Just odd. I wish that she had she wasn't as naive, I guess. Right, yeah. But I don't know. Well, Vivacia is kind of in her head still as Kenneth is struggling to climb up the ladder onto the ship himself because he insists to do that. And uh, is describing that there's been a veritable plague of serpents, and she's always scared that Kenneth's going to fall. But there's right. way more serpents than ever before. Never could she recall a time when they had been so thick nor so bold. So seems to be, you know, right there, kind mm-hmm. of recalling some of her past um, as well. Right. When she was unawakened. But I guess it's but a it's, little different. It's so vague, you yeah, know? <laughs> and like, that's really specific to what's going on now. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's not not the same as, mm-hmm. like, personal. Yeah. Here's dealing with people. Here's, like, Efren's take on how to spot a good guy. <laughs> but she breathes a sigh of relief as uh, Kenneth makes his way up. He always came to see her first whenever he rejoined the ship. Sometimes Wintrow dogged his steps. Etta had used to, but of late she had avoided the foredeck. Vivacia thought that was a wise decision on her part. Why? 
They're fighting over Kenneth. Oh, well, yeah, but like, <laughs> girl, she wins. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's like, yeah, you're a ship, Vivacia. I don't get it. I get it. I get it. But I don't get it, you know? <laughs> well, Kenneth is alone this time, and Vivacia is extremely happy. They could speak unfettered by Wintro's questions and skeptical looks. He says, well, my lady, are you ready to take on more cargo? I've arranged for them to ferry it out this afternoon. And she asks, you know, what sort? Because she knows he loves talking about this sort of thing and she loves to hear him talk. Right. So Kenneth explains a bunch of uh, things that they got, including new books for Wintrow and Etta to read through. And Kenneth finishes it saying, I'm quite pleased with how Askew has prospered. Vivacia's attention had been captured by the mention of the books. I suppose this means that Wintrow will continue to spend every spare moment he has closeted with Edda, she observed sourly. Pick a lane. I know. Kenneth smiled. He leaned over the railing and touched her hair, letting a lock, heavy lock slide through his fingers as he spoke. That's right. He will continue to distract Edda, and she will busy him. Thus, you and I shall continue to have private time in which to talk of our own ambitions and interests. A shiver ran over her shoulders at his touch. She knew a moment of delightful confusion. Then you have deliberately paired them to give us more time together? Why else? He's just playing with her hair a little bit more. Also, I have... Okay, I have a lot of thoughts, but first, very off-topic. Well, not off-topic, it's on-topic, but not very important. But when it says that he grabs a lock of her hair and... Is it like, like wood? Yes, because it moves, right? <laughs> right? And it's colored like hair. But I'm so curious to know, is it soft? Is it like just a heavy piece of wood that he's just like rubbing? Yeah, I think it's like a heavy piece of smooth wood. <laughs> okay, cool. That's flexible. It'd be Sick. really weird. Yeah, I don't know. Just every time it talks about him touching the locks of her hair, I'm like, how big are these locks? Because... They gotta be pretty big, and I feel like that's just weird and awkward, but I don't know, whatever, who cares? She thinks it's cute. (laughs) But also, Kenneth reveals that he has put them together on purpose. Not for the real reason, but... yes. I don't know, what do you... Why do you think she cares what Wintrow is doing with Etta? Well, because she still has a possessive claim over Wintrow, too, right? And she doesn't like Etta. She doesn't examine those feelings of why, mm. but she doesn't like Etta. So anything to take the attention of the two people she wants attention from away from her, like, that's kind of upsetting to her. Yeah, and I guess dragons are pretty territorial. And yes. like once they've claimed mm-hmm. somebody, that's their person. It doesn't really matter if they are keeping up with their day-to-day. Right, okay. yeah. So Kenneth continues, you don't mind, do you? Edda is quite ignorant, poor thing. Whoring is such a narrow occupation. Wintrow is more patient a teacher than I could be. He will give her the tools she needs to better herself, so that when she leaves the ship, she need not go back to Whoring. Edda will leave? Vivesha asked breathlessly. Of course. I only brought her aboard the Marietta for her own protection. We really have very little in common— She was kind and useful while I was recovering from my injury. Nevertheless, it is hard to overlook that she was the source of the injury. 
Wintrow shall educate her, and when she goes ashore, she will be able to do more than lie on her back. A thoughtful frown creased his brow. I think it is my duty to leave people better than I found them, don't you? When will Etta be leaving? Vivacia tried to keep eagerness from her voice. Well, our next port is Divytown. That was her home. But one never knows how things will develop. I shall not force her to leave, of course. Of course, Vivacia murmurs in reply. And then he gives her a gift. Mm-hmm. A ribbon to tie into her hair. Yes. Is it a ribbon? I thought it was a... It's a, um... it's a ribbon for a giant wooden figurehead, oh, which is no. like a piece of cloth, I think. I thought it was like a... I don't know what they're called. Like a bandana. Mm. I didn't think of it as a ribbon. Yes, yeah, it's, it's length upon length of wide red fabric unfurled, incredibly light and fine. He offered it to her. I thought you might put it in your hair. Yeah, I guess. That's kind of what she lifted it wear. and placed a band of it across her brow. Yeah, probably. Yeah. More like a bandana kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so he is doing incredibly well at dividing and conquering. Mm-hmm. and uh, manipulating Vivacia into believing that she's his sole focus. Two thoughts. One, I can just picture the charm seething as, <laughs> as Kenna is yeah. currently talking. True. Other thought, do you think Kenna tells Vivacia now that he wants to get rid of Etta and also that he's purposely putting Etta and Wintro together because he fully believes there's no way he's going to tell or she's going to tell Wintro. Yeah. So this is kind of like a test to see how much trust. I think that plus sowing seeds for when in his mind, when slash if Etta gets pregnant, mm. he can be like, no, Etta and Wintro were together. So now She's going to be leaving the ship because in her condition or whatever. And then right. she's like, yeah, it makes total sense. Duh. <laughs> okay. So in my mind, it's kind of like double, but I, I do like the, the test. Test theory. Also, if he did make Etta leave, would he get rid of his charm? Because I feel like the charm would go ballistic if... Like, the charm would... Charm can't really do much, though. Well, it could give him bad advice on purpose. <laughs> Kenneth I mean, doesn't really trust the charm that much, yeah, you know? But, but he's he going he's he's to keep it on him at all mm-hmm. times, no matter what, because it's his luck, right? Yeah. Or part of his luck, I guess. Sure. Okay. But he finished off that conversation with calling her my pirate queen. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Then we transition over to Wintrow here, who is admiring one of these new books that Vivacia and Kenneth were talking about. And he, it is the nicest book he's ever seen. Yeah, he is me anytime I'm in an old bookstore and see a fancy <laughs> old book. Oh, this like, is incredible. Look at the detail here. He carried the open volume over to the window where the light fell on the artfully decorated page. This is exquisite. And it's an herbal, a book about herbs with drawings and descriptions and explanations of how they are to be used. 
He says, I've never seen one so elaborate. Even in our monastery library, we had nothing so fine as this. This is an incredibly valuable book. See, this is peppermint. Look at the crinkles and tiny hairs on each leaf. Such an eye this artist had. I just wanted to quick say, I think that it's an herbal dot dot dot. It's a book about herbs is um, like he's going to say the technical term and cuts himself off because he realizes she won't know what that means. So I think there's supposed to be something after. Really? I, I think it's I think an herbal is what it is. And then he the dot 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 is him explaining. Oh, I I, well, I guess I don't know what would be after that. So in my mind, yeah. it was just like, oh, it's like called an herbal. An herbal encyclopedia or like. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Like it just something. feels like he stops himself realizing like oh, she's not going to know what that means. I have to. Mm. I don't, maybe not. Mm. Maybe it is I just mean, like a, he realizes we, she looks confused. We both agree that the dot 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 is the explanation. You know, yeah. the, the book about herbs and stuff. But yeah, it's just goes to show that, yeah, he's he's entranced with these books and still in teacher mode and has been teaching her about this stuff. And that's what he reflects on. Yeah. And he is really excited about these books, which is really cute. They are in um, Kyle Haven's prison chambers, uh, the old stateroom there. Which is, I think, Althea's room. Yeah, Althea's old room. The first mate cabin. Mm hmm. Wintrow had begun Etta's lessons in the captain's quarters, but Kennet had soon decided that they made too much clutter with their books, papers, and pens. He had banished their studies to Wintrow's room. Wintrow did not mind. Yeah, that's that's why he banished them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very good excuse. It's logical. Yeah, Wintrow doesn't mind, though. Never before had he had complete and unhampered access to so much written work. Certainly, he had never before even glimpsed a book to rival the quality of the one he now held. And he encourages her to read it when she asks, what does it say? Don't let like the all the flourishes on the letters discourage you. Right. She because she complains it's too cr- crawly. The yeah. script is too crawly. And he says, just focus on the main parts of the letters. Don't mm-hmm. look at the extras. And she Puzzles out for a long time and then starts reading. Of all the goodly herbs known, this is the queen. A tea brewed from the f- from fresh leaves is best for a closed head. She stopped abruptly and closed the book carefully. When Wintrow glanced up at her face in confusion, he saw her eyes were closed as well. As he watched, tears leaked out from under her lashes. You can read, he confirmed for her. He stood very still, afraid to say more. Very triumphant moment. And yes. Edda's over here also <laughs> mimicking Edda. I am also crying. It's fine. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I cry about everything. It's fine. No, I think it's just really cute. And this might be one of my favorite moments, like tender moments between characters. And it's not that big of a deal, but it's just so... There's something so sweet and innocent i guess it just there's no undercurrents of anything else and it's not political this is just etta learned how to read Mm -hmm. and that doesn't really further the plot in any way necessarily it's just a thing that she couldn't do and now she can and like i don't know i think that there's something really wholesome and sweet about that and so i just love that like wintrow's here and he's 
so happy for her. And sure, there's a little bit of that, like, he has a crush on her stuff. But it also, I think the way he goes about talking about how, like, he he's genuinely just happy he could do this for her. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't, he's not expecting anything out of this. He doesn't, I I don't know, it, it isn't transactional, I guess. And I think I just really like this moment of, wow, I'm so proud of you too. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I like it. And he reflects on that journey a bit, saying that it was very arduous to get to that place. Etta had been a difficult student. She was bright enough, but his efforts to teach her had uncovered a deep anger within her. For a while, he explains that he thought it was directed at him, and she had a big temper Uh, that did not stop at flinging a precious book across the room or shredding expensive paper to bits. More than once, she had shoved him away as he bent over her work to correct her. Once, he had raised his voice to her when when he had had to explain for the fifth time that she was reversing a letter. She had struck him. Not a slap, but a closed-fist blow to his face that had sent him reeling, and she had stalked out of the room. She had never apologized for that. Only after days of working with her did he realize that her anger was not for him. It was for her own abysmal ignorance. She felt shamed that she did not know. It humiliated her when she had to ask him for help. If if he insisted that she tried on her own, she interpreted that as taunting her for her stupidity. Given her propensity for taking it out on him, she was not only a difficult student, but also an intimidating one. Praising her too much was as dangerous as letting her struggle— He had tried once to escape. He had approached Kenneth to beg off from this task. He had expected Kenneth to order him back to it. Instead, the pirate had only cocked his head and asked him gently if he truly believed it was Saw's will that he not help Etta. While Wintrow had stood silent, struck dumb by the question, Kenneth's face had suddenly changed. Kenneth is so good at manipulating and knows exactly what buttons to press, especially with Wintrow, Etta, and Vivacia. Yeah, and to be fair, Wintrow's probably the easiest of the three because all you got to do is be like, well, what would Saw say? <laughs> He'd be, and he's going to be like, wow, I've never thought of that and is going to be stuck on that for the next 45 minutes. So He's so easy to get distracted by the philosophical reasons behind his actions uh-huh. rather than just his emotions. Literally, just if you want to get Wintrow to be distracted, just be like, and... And what do you think the reason Saw did that is? And he really rubs it in. It's because she was a whore, isn't it? Kenneth had demanded starkly. You don't think she's good enough to benefit from such learning. You're repulsed by her, aren't you? He asked the question with a face so kindly and understanding, and yet so grieved, that Wintrow felt as if the deck were rocking under him. Did he look down on Etta? Did he secretly harbor a belief in his own superiority, a belief he would have found reprehensible in anyone else? No, he had faltered and then exclaimed. I do not look down on Etta. She is an amazing woman. I just fear... I think I know what you fear, Kenneth had smiled indulgently. You are uncomfortable because you find her attractive. You must not be distressed by that, Wintrow. Any healthy young man would find a sensuous woman like Etta hard to resist. She does not intend to be so tempting. Poor thing. She has been schooled to it since she was a child. Seducing a man is as natural to her as swimming is to a fish. I caution you. Be very careful how you reject her. You could hurt her far more than you intended. (laughs) So, clearly Kenneth's stirring the pot. He's trying to get the feelings. He's 
he's not wrong. Wintro does have feelings for her, but he's trying to. But was not aware of them before Kenneth mentioned them either. Well, I think he's vaguely aware, but he he was ignoring it. Every time from Wintro's point point of view is like, oh, she was a fascinating woman. Right. So, yeah, I guess he hadn't put too much thought into it Mm -hmm. until Kenneth brings it up. But I think he's also planting that seed of like, oh, she's a wantonly woman. And if you... Don't reject her. Yeah, don't reject her. (laughs) Like, get with her, you know. But I think the major flaw in Kenneth's plan of the two of them getting together, the two of them being Wintro and Etta, is that he's the captain and he, like, people fear him. Even if they don't, didn't have any respect for him, he is still somebody to fear. Why would they sleep together when Etta is his woman. Like, yeah. I just don't think he thinks through that part. He's like, oh, I can convince him because carnal desire or whatever. But isn't taking into account how loyal they are to him. And like, yeah, I, just- I think that's for me, that's the key point. Yes. They why would they do that if the result was probably them both being killed? Right. right. In any normal situation. Right. But I think the loyalty part is what he doesn't understand because of his partial forging and everything and not having the empathy and the ability to understand from other people's points of views. He doesn't understand how much Etta is devoted and loves him. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't recognize it. The charm does. Right. But and the charm weirdly like helped Etta be so yeah. devoted and loyal anyways. But Etta doesn't even it doesn't even cross her mind that that's a possibility right like in any of these scenarios yeah and in edda's mind they're in a committed relationship yeah and Kenneth's like oh well you know that's her job so don't take it out on her but don't reject her whatever (laughs) and everybody else is like your woman who you brought aboard who is basically your wife (laughs) i don't know and i guess maybe it's like in that position Kenneth would take advantage mm-hmm. but not everybody is him and then uh then Kenneth is very good here as we mentioned about manipulating winter into thinking of other things so first he plays on the oh it's because you look down on her right and then it's oh i understand why you're uncomfortable it's not that you're like you're you're fine in that it's because you're attracted to Etta, mm-hmm. and really pushes at that and then winter's like what no I would never. And then he lost the ability to choose words. It would not have been so humiliating if he had been completely innocent. She did fascinate him. And he like thinks about this. I spent so much time with her and I've never been, I've never spent so much time alone with a woman like her before and all this sort of thing. A woman in general. Yeah, a woman in general. He was aware of not only her husky voice, but also the susurrus of the rich fabric she wore. She would turn her head and the light would dance suddenly on the sheen of her hair. He was aware of her and sometimes she troubled his sleep. He was prepared to accept that as normal. He was less prepared for Kenneth's indulgent smile. It's all right, lad. I could scarcely blame you if you did. I would, however, think less of you if you let that come between you and doing what we both know is right. She cannot better herself without letters, Wintro. You and I both know that. So do your best with her and do not be discouraged. I shall not allow either of you to give up when we are so close to success. So he managed again, he manages to sneak in there. I would scarcely blame you if you did think of her this way Uh and did have a huge crush. But don't 
stop teaching her because then I would have a problem. So you have to stay close together. Uh huh. <laughs> but it, it, he does such a good job of confusing Wintrow in his own thoughts. Right. Because Wintrow is naive and he's a kid and shows his emotions on his sleeve and Kenneth knows that. Right. right. He's and taking can, advantage. Yeah. He, he can suss that out and just be like, it's because you like Ada. And Wintrow's like, no, wait. I'm lying to myself. I <laughs> do like Etta. And then Kenneth's like, I know you like Etta. I, w- I don't blame you. Keep teaching her. <laughs> yeah. Don't leave her side. <laughs> oh, it's so silly. Yeah. It's well. And then because of this conversation, the next time he is teaching Etta, He's frustrated because he's more aware of her than before because uh-huh. of Kenneth's words. Because now he realizes he does have feelings for her. And then he's like, is Kenneth right? Is is this something that she's doing on purpose? Like, why else would you wear perfume if not to have mm-hmm. it linger in my room? Did as, she intend her direct sk- stares as seduction? What was that accidental brush of her hand? Like, he's overthinking everything because he's 15. Yeah. And he's like overanalyzing. Like, this girl touched me and looked in my eye. Oh, my <laughs> God. She loves me. Like <laughs> Because someone said... Well, that's what her job is, and that's yeah. what she's probably doing without even knowing it. <laughs> right. And it's just like... <sighs> Set him up to overthink. Mm-hmm. Which, I guess, where there's Kenneth's plot, so... Yeah. At some time, his awareness of her had become unmistakable attraction. From dreading his time alone with her, he had gone to living for it. He was sure it was not reciprocated. Well, almost sure. It did not matter if it was. She was irrevocably Kenneth's. All the tragically romantic ballads he had ever heard, all the tales of ill-fated lovers that had once seemed so vapidly emotional, now rang true in his heart. He and Malta are a lot more similar than they realize. (laughs) (laughs) But now, watching her face as she savored her victory, he suddenly knew that Kenneth had been right. Any torment of the temptation he had endured had been worth this. She could read. He had never known it was in his power to give such joy to anyone. He felt exalted by it in a way that surpassed all carnality. He had given her a gift that somehow completed himself. So he takes exceptional pride in being able to just create that joy in anybody or being able to witness that joy being created. And I think it's not just the joy, it's the fact that she overcame so much to get here and that he was able to play a role in that. I feel like Wintrow really would make a good teacher. And if he would have stayed at the monastery, yeah, at the monastery, he would probably have been a teacher in some capacity. And I think he would have really liked that because as much as he likes excelling in his own ways and learning in his own ways, I think he also likes sharing that knowledge and having those deep philosoph- philosophical talks. So, I don't know. It's, I like it. I don't know. I, th- mm-hmm. I think it's coming from a wholesome place. Yeah. But I will say, I think also with seeing how hard she was to teach, it probably would also kind of be a relief that like, okay, like it got through to her. Because we kind of skipped over a little bit that she was scary. <laughs> yeah, I, I read out some of the things. No, yeah. You did, yeah, but we didn't have a discussion mm, about it. Yeah. Yeah, she was a not a good student. No. Physically hit him, (laughs) ripped apart papers and threw books. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I also get angry whenever I can't figure out how to do something. And I think 
But, Most of us have been there at the kitchen table when our parent is screaming, what's two plus two? And we're just crying because we don't know. Like, <laughs> it's like been there. <laughs> but like, she's really just going to be angry about it and going to be physical with it, which is yeah. scary. But, you know, whatever. I guess. At least she didn't hurt anybody permanently. Permanently, yeah. Uh- well, intro is uh, the last couple paragraphs of this section is are so embarrassing to read because it's still from Wintra's point of view. And he's yeah. describing her in like the light of his teenage attraction. And it's just like, oh, she's like a flower opening up to the light. Saw her marry with Kenneth before, but this was a different order of magnitude. <laughs> the two cannot be compared. Her bosom rose and then fell in a long sigh. She opened her eyes and smiled at him. Wintro. She said quietly. She shook her head slowly, her smile widening. Kenneth is so wise, is he not? I saw no value in you at first. (laughs) Then I was jealous at how much he cared for you. I hated you, you know. And now, what I feel for you, she hesitated. I thought only Kenneth could stir my heart as you have, she admitted quietly. The simple words astounded him. Sternly, he told himself that she had not said that she loved him, only that he stirred her heart. His own teachers had stirred his emotions. That was all she meant by her words. Even if she meant more, he'd be a fool to let himself react to it. A fool. It's so like, he's describing her in such wonderful terms. And then she's just like, you were a little worm beneath my heel. And I hated you so much. But thank you for teaching me how to read. I didn't think you had any worth at all. But Kenneth showed me the way. It's like, oh my God. She loves me. She didn't say it, but I think she might. Maybe. Just a little. I would be a fool to to let that linger and react to that a fool (laughs) (laughs) oh man he's so stupid in this this chapter it's funny please she said quietly and held out a hand to him help me choose a book perhaps the new one you said was poetry then let me practice with you i want to read to kennett tonight i can almost cannot grasp that i can do this thing he is so i know you are not you are the one who taught me however He made it all possible. Can you imagine how that makes me feel? What does Kenneth see in me, Wintro? How can I be worthy of such a man? I was a skinny little whore in Bettle's house when he first saw me. I never saw myself as more than that. How did he? She cocked her head and her dark eyes peered into his soul, seeking an answer. He could not deny her. You shine, he said quietly. Even when I first saw you... Even when I knew you hated me, there is something about you, Etta. Something in you that cannot be quenched by hardship or ill treatment. Your soul gleams like silver beneath a patina of hard use. He is right to love you. Any man would love you. Her eyes widened at his words. She turned aside from him, and unbelievably, a blush had touched her wind-burnt cheeks. I am Kenneth's, she reminded him. She spoke the words proudly. I know. Wintrow said. Very softly, only to himself, he added, I envy the man. As though in these small quarters she didn't hear that. <laughs> okay, Wintrow. And, oh, the whole thing. I, it's cute, whatever. And it's a very sweet sentiment to say. Right, yeah. It's hard to read, number one, because it's a little cringy, but number two, because we know that Kenneth does not care about Etta at all. I think he does a bit. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess. We, we've talked a little bit about him changing his attitude from the beginning, where 
he brought her along just so he could not have his reputation injured, right? Right. Like, oh, they killed Kenneth's man. Anybody can be killed from Kenneth's crew kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. he had to look tough. To now being kind of reliant on her for adjusting things, helping him get dressed, sewing things. He's gotten used to her having her around and has been has made a lot of allowances compared to when we first met him. So Fair I think enough. he does yeah. care for her in his own twisted way. But yeah, in the way that you're talking about, you know, no, <laughs> yeah. like he didn't pick her because he saw a diamond in the rough and no. he's not choosing to let her learn or trying to make her see more of herself because he believes she can be more. That's just mostly happenstance and things that fit Out of his necessity. Goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's really hard to listen to at a fangirl and then Windrow back up the fangirl of like, of course he loves you. You're amazing. I don't know. (laughs) We jump over to Kenneth's point of view, speaking of him, and he is very content at the moment. His day had been a long one full of satisfactions. Askew was the last port before they returned to Divi Town, and he and Sorkor had visited the home ports of every pirate ship he had created and manned with rescued slaves. Some had done better than others, but in every town he had been met with acclamation. Even Bluff Sorkor had come to believe in his plan. It showed in the rough sailor's swagger. His beefy face gleamed with pride as he stood at Kenneth's shoulder and listened to the tally of their takings. So both Marietta and Vivesha are heavy with spoils, uh, there's a bunch of people, especially uh, he's talking about Rufo, the young captain of the mm-hmm. Askew ship, who is very aggressive and pretty much pirated every ship that passed them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they've done really well. And people still love Kenneth. So this is all about the kingdom's foundations, right, is the chapter. Right. This is all him kind of exclaiming, everything is going wonderfully people love me i have a whole bunch of crews maybe i'll even give them a second ship at askew because they've done so well right and he even mentions that not only do they still love him and are giving him what he has asked of them but rufo specifically has set aside the best of the best of the items right knowing that these are the things that would bring Kenneth the most joy. And that's why he's giving it to Kenneth, not just out of obligation to pay the taxes, Mm -hmm. but also because he loves Kenneth that much as a ruler. Yeah. He says that he sensed Rufo knew that he would take the most pleasure from things that were exotic and rare. And that's why Kenneth showed his admiration so uh, fully for that so they would be even more eager to please him next time exactly and that's when he offered to give them another ship because why not they deserve it for doing good mm-hmm. and he's rewarding that and also thinking about how maybe he'll give them the cross batch if the ransoms don't go through yeah yeah so already has a plan in place he's pretty delighted with himself yeah but almost uh not looking forward to sorting through these treasures because he likes everything in its own little place and even though he loves having them he needs to go through and sort them and put them in its proper place and stuff well the reason he (laughs) has to do that is because with this last load he made sure all of the good stuff was in his cabin the smallest and most valuable yeah yes because he didn't want them rolling around in the bottom and he wanted them around him so he was a little bit annoyed that 
he's going to have to, he's going to his cabin to go to bed and he can't even go to bed. He has to clear the bed away and put Mm -hmm. everything away before he can go to sleep. And he's tired. So he opens the door and there is a wash of golden lamplight and drifting incense. Not again. Did the woman's appetites know no bounds? He expected to find her artfully arranged upon his bed. Instead, she sat in one of two chairs she had drawn close together. And there is an open book in her lap. She almost looked like somebody's daughter. With a glance of annoyance, he realized she had already moved his treasures. His initial response was one of swift outrage. How dare she touch his things? It was followed by a smaller wave of both resignation and relief. Well, at least they were all put away. Nothing stood between him and his bed. And he, uh, Etta speaks up and says, I want to show you something. And kind of just kind of continues like, I'm kind of annoyed. You should reline my, uh, my peg leg. Help me take off my boot. Yep. (laughs) Just a bunch of stuff. And help me fetch my nightshirt, all this sort of stuff. And she's complying quickly and does everything that he asks because that's what she does, you know? And he expects that. And then eventually... He closes his eyes, and then he hears her saying a poem. And he interrupts her recitation wearily. I have never cared for the Serenian school of poetry. They speak too plainly. Poetry should not be doggerel. If you are going to memorize something, find something by Euphile or Vergihi. He shouldered deeper into the blankets. He gave a low growl of content and surrendered himself to sleep. I didn't memorize it. I was reading it. I can read, Kenneth. I can read. She expected him to be surprised. He was too tired. That's good. I'm glad Wintrow was able to teach you. Now we'll see if he can teach you what is worth reading. She sets the book aside and blows out the lamp. Everything's into darkness, and as she is uh, crawling into bed beside him, she says... As she crawls into bed beside him, he has the thought, I really need to get her a different sleeping arrangement. Maybe I can hang up a hammock in the corner like she needs to not be in my bed anymore, (laughs) (laughs) which I think is like, it's not funny, but it's a little funny. (laughs) And it pipes up and says, Wintra says I no longer need his help. Now that I have my letters, he says I should simply explore every manuscript or scroll that comes my way. Only practice will make me read swifter or write a better hand. That I can do on my own. Kenneth dragged his eyes open. This would not do. And so with that, when Winter's right, only practice will help. Kenneth's like, oh, I got to keep them together. My plan is to keep them together. So right. he has to convince her to do something with Wintrow. Right. Before we get into that, I do want to say this scene makes me a little bit sad because... Just a little? Well, a lot. But... Edda's so excited. Like, we saw how excited she was yeah. to be able to read and how big of a deal this is to her. And he's, like, not even acknowledging it. He's eyes closed on the bed. If you're going to memorize something, do something better. And she's like, no, I didn't memorize it. I, I read it. And he's like, okay. And I just know that her shoulders sagged. And she was disappointed. Mm-hmm. Also, Kenneth knows a lot about poetry. Yes. He's a very learned man. Well, it kind of fits. 
I get yeah, it. I mean, it fits, but man, he was like talking about specific schools of poetry mm-hmm. and like, no, this style is trash. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> But he, yeah, he's like, this is not going to do. I need to keep them together. And he tries to convince her. He's like, surely you don't want to be separate from him. You know, you probably have come to enjoy the hours you spent in his company. I know he enjoys teaching you. He has been very honest with me about what a pleasure he takes in your company. He managed a warm chuckle. The lad is quite enamored of you, you know. She surprised him. She made no attempt to dissemble. I know. He's a sweet boy and gently mannered. I understand now why you are so fond of him. He has given me a gift that I shall keep the rest of my life. Well, I hope you thanked him appropriately. All he wanted to do was sleep. At the same time, he could not resist this conversation. It sounded as if perhaps his scheme might bear fruit. She had called him a sweet boy. He had seen how Winter's eyes followed her when she was on deck. Had they acted on the impulse yet? Did she perhaps already carry an air for his live ship? So he slides his hand down as if he's caressing her, but like feels the navel ring. And uh, he has some disappointment in that, of course. Time, he says. These things took time. In truth, I don't know how to thank him, Etta continues. The answer to that was obvious to Kenneth, but he refrained from stating it baldly. I think the lad is lonely. Show him that you have become fond of him and enjoy his company. That will please him. Think of what knowledge you have that he might benefit from and teach him. That would seem an appropriate exchange to me. There. Was that too broad of a suggestion for her to take? Yes. (laughs) I think this is the problem is that Kenneth sees Etta as very 2D. Yeah. I was just going to say one dimensional. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess not even two. He, He just... There's nothing else about her. Yeah. She was a whore and that's what that's she, all she is. knows. Yep. She doesn't have any thoughts or opinions or it's like intelligence. Teach, teach Wintrow what you know, the worldly skills that you know. Kenneth's it's like, that's obvious. Clearly the only <laughs> thing she knows. <laughs> Ugh, gross. But she says, I know so little. What would Wintrow learn from someone like me? So Kenneth's like, oh, gosh, I'll try again, I guess. Delicately, though, he reminds himself delicately. Oh, I am sure you know far more of the world than he does. The boy has spent much of his life in a monastery. He may know much of letters and the arts, but he is woefully ignorant of more worldly skills. Your situation, of course, was just the opposite. So share with him what life taught you. Teach the boy to be a man. He could have no better instructor. He stroked the length of her body. She was silent. He could almost hear her thinking. I would like to give him... Kenneth, would you mind greatly if I gave him something of yours? Something from our cargo? That was not quite what he had in mind, but it was along the right path. Who knew where her gift giving might end once she had started? Do not hesitate, he encouraged her. I am, as you know, very fond of the boy. I do not mind sharing with him what is mine. It's such a gross conversation. It is. I hate it. Like Because we're in his head and we know what he's hinting at. Because he talks about them like penning them together and eventually they'll breed like goats or cows. Yeah. It's so gross. It's And so demeaning. And she's just like, I just need to give him something of value that he gave me. I think. And Kenneth's like, you're a whore. 
just have sex with him. That's what you have a value. (laughs) Oh, I hate it. I hate it. And I think it's worse because we know how much Etta likes him and we know she is not privy to the inside information that we are getting. So she's taking this as Kenneth's being so kind and thoughtful and trying to help her figure out what to do to thank Mm -hmm. Wintrow. And she knows more of the world. And And exactly what I I was saying before, she is so loyal and in love with Kenneth that it does not enter her mind at all. Yeah. To be like, oh no, he doesn't like me. And then keep it a secret or maybe I should have sex with him. Like, no, it doesn't enter her mind because that's not on the table. That's not something that is offerable. (laughs) Yeah. They're an exclusive couple who love each other very much in her mind. And he's, when he's saying, teach him the worldly things, it's, there's no way it's about sex. It's gotta be about things that she knows having lived a life in a, place that isn't a monastery it's like worldly information that doesn't have anything to do with sex clearly because why would it have anything to do with sex when you're in a committed relationship with somebody Uh, the comment i don't mind sharing what's mine she's not an object to be shared like (laughs) i hate it it's it's such a gross combo it's not good Uh, but the good thing is that it doesn't take it that way yeah i mean like i'm happy for her sake, that she is, is so not ignorant. privy yeah. to this. Like, I'm glad she's taking this the best possible way because she deserves the best and I want her to be happy. But like, oh, no, I hate knowing what he means. I wish I was in Edda's head instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish I could read this without Kenneth's perspective so I didn't have to sit through this grossness. <laughs> Well, now we jump over for our last section back to Wintrow here. And it is nighttime still. Yeah. And we actually get a little, on a more somber note, get a little touch of how Wintrow is still being affected by everything that has happened. Mm -hmm. Because he awakes to somebody silently sliding in his room in the dark. And he is instantly awake. He is afraid. He talks about how he's been able to sleep better now that Sadar is not on the boat, but it's still not easy to sleep. And he's always worried that one of the slaves that is still on board will take out their anger on him for what his father did to them. And, and for Sadar's death and for Sadar's death, which I didn't realize. I know I was just going to bring that up. Does he actually know that Sadar's? Did they have a conversation when he came back? I don't. Think or was it? Was there a time skip? I mean, it could be partially time skip, but as far as we know, I guess no, because he asks about Kyle, and oh, he does. He yeah, did yeah, say. Yeah, yeah you're he right. Did say that he killed Sadar, and then he's like, yep. "Did you kill my dad?" Yeah, and he's like. No, <laughs> I did what you asked. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah Cause Kenneth tried to blame okay. the death of Sadar on. Yeah. Wintro is afraid of reprisal against yes. that death because he knows that they can't go after Kenneth. So why not go after the little, little old captain, old captain's son who enslaved them in the first place. Right. So I do feel really bad for Kenneth because clearly this is still fresh. I mean, mm-hmm. it hasn't been that long, so it's, no, probably Not a couple surprising, months. But whenever those little details are sprinkled in, I'm always like, oh, yeah, he went mm-hmm. through like horrific things very recently. Right. 
Well, Addis says, I know you're awake. I heard you stop breathing. Get up and strike a light. It's not morning. What are you doing here? <laughs> I noticed that. I've come to teach you something. Some things are better learned privately. Nights seem the best time for the lessons I have come to teach. He gropes for a candle, lights up everything, and when he turned to face her, he was hard to hard put not to gasp. She wore leggings and a snug-fitting jerkin. Never before had he seen a female form so blatantly displayed. She ignored his stare. Instead, she walked around him slowly. Her eyes ran up and down his body appraisingly. The frankness of her gaze warmed his cheeks. She gave him a small snort of displeasure. Well, it's plain you've worked hard, but not heavy. Still, you're lithe and quick. I've marked that about you. And that may be more telling in this game than muscle or bulk. I still don't know what this is about. Kenneth suggested it. I told him I felt a debt to you for teaching me to read. He said I should return it in kind by teaching you something I know well. Something of my more worldly skills, as he put it. I've come to do that. Take your shirt off. Slowly he obeyed her. He refused to think about what he was doing or what her intentions were. So, <laughs> poor old Wintrow being terrified waking up and then being like, Oh my gosh, she's showing me her revealing form in <laughs> tight pants she's and shirt. tight clothing and is in my room at night. And told me to take off my shirt. And told me that she's going to teach me worldly things. <sighs> and repeating, some things are best learned in private. <laughs> Yeah. The skills of a man are among them. Were we more open with this, the crewmen would mock you. This way, you can pretend it was something you've always known how to do, and then turns back to face him, and there's a dagger in her hand. Yes. <laughs> so, obviously, this was meant to sort of seem like potentially she was going to have sex with him. Yeah, because it starts out, You're sweet and smooth as a little girl. Not a hair to your chest yet. A little more muscle would please me, but that will come in time. <laughs> yeah. It's... Yeah, I think it's really funny. I don't know. I feel like I was not tricked. I was like, there's no way she's going to have sex with him. I, I don't think I was fully in line with that, but I'm just like, she's playing it up a lot. <laughs> it's like, maybe, but like, this is very heavy handed. Yeah, I think that it was like too much to mm -hmm. where I was like, there's no way. It's a funny scene, though, because it we is. know it's not going to happen. You know? uh -huh. And from Wintrow's point of view, it's like, gulp. <laughs> I guess it is a little bit like Wintro in that, like, you know, it's not going to happen, but you're kind of like, well, maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a dagger in her in both of her hands, actually, and says, these are for you now. Kenneth said I could give them to you and you should begin to wear one at your belt whenever we get, go into a port. After a time, start wearing it all the time and sleep with it under your pillow. But first, you have to learn how to use it. He tosses it to her. Uh, she tosses it to him. He tries to catch it, and the blade bites into his thumb. She laughs at his exclamation. First blood to me! A menacing light came into her eyes. Grip that like you mean it, and get ready. I'm going to teach you how to fight. I don't want to know how to fight, he protested in dismay. He retreated. I don't want to hurt you. She grinned merrily. I'm very sure you won't. Don't worry about it in any case. So she's kind of crouching, getting ready to fight him, and transferring the knife from hand to hand almost more swiftly than he could follow. Suddenly, she came at him, menacing as a tigress, her blade leading the way. Just concentrate on keeping me from hurting you. That is always the first lesson. I find it so interesting that this is the gift that she's decided to give Wintrow and the lesson 
I understand her viewpoint of, especially when she mentions like, oh, it would be embarrassing for you if other men find out you don't know how to fight. Mm -hmm. So now you can just pretend like you always have and it's fine, especially because of where she has grown up, where they are. It's a pirate ship. But it's odd in that she just spent all this time with him. Does he seem like somebody who wants to or cares about fighting? Does Etta seem like someone who cares about what he wants? Fair enough. Good point. She willingly and kind of eagerly tortures multiple people in this for Kenneth. Yeah. Without even Kenneth say so. Yeah. (laughs) Touche. She is very handy with a knife and pretty bloodthirsty. (laughs) She's like, everyone needs to know how to use a knife. Which is also like. Especially, I think especially because Wintrow's by Kenneth all the time too. Mm, Having someone who can fight instead of just her probably makes her feel safer. That's a good point. But I do. I do. Again, going back to the whole Kenneth not viewing her as a even more than a one dimensional being. She's known for slicing people up. Why wouldn't you think potentially that might be what she takes out of this? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, what a weird chapter, though. Yeah. It's overall depressing, but there are some funny moments in it yeah especially from winter's point of view a little bit of goofy a little bit of heartwarming a little yeah. bit of goofy a little ugh, but and none of it's really depressing in the characters minds it's True. just depressing for the reader because yeah. you can see how <laughs> how deep vivacia has fallen to kenneth's grasp and then get a reaffirmation of how gross kenneth is in yeah. his way of thinking so it's just kind of reaffirming things and then seeing a further slide yeah. into debauchery. <laughs> and I think also there's just so much like fangirling going on and I'm including Wintro in that. He is fangirling yeah. over Etta. It's just a lot of this person can do no wrong. I've put them on a pedestal right. and they're the love of my life <laughs> and everybody but Kenneth is going through it. <sighs> Oof. Well... If you guys have thoughts on this chapter, please let us know. It's always interesting to hear you guys' thoughts, especially about the relationships and the people themselves. Yeah. You can email us at isfitshappy at gmail.com, or you can message us or write to us or comment on any of our posts on any of our social medias, which you can find at isfitshappy.com or Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, threads, all of those find us on is fits happy thanks so much and we can't wait to hear from you yeah see you guys next week